improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey, I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I am joined by the amazing Dr Damien Christoph. Damien has been successful in a lot of different domains. He has a successful practice here in Melbourne, Australia. He has also been in a previous phase of his life that we'll hear more about in the podcast, been a successful naturopath. He was uh, featured as a health expert on a TV show. He is regularly on radio here in Australia. Uh, he had he was part of a team of guys who started one of the most successful wellness oriented podcasts, The Wellness Guys. He's been uh, he's. Uh, started other podcasts he gives back to the profession he's one of the board members of the Australian Chiropractors Association so he gets a lot of shit done and he's a fun guy to be around at the same time so I was super interested in learning more about how Damo finds time and energy to do all of these things and and kind of how he got to where he is and I'm sure you will be too uh, in terms of things that you might be interested in doing, uh, I'd like to recommend to you if you are in Australia, uh, the Build Your Tribe workshop that Bismai and I are doing March 18th in Melbourne. It's really about building your practice from the ground up to be built for, uh, for retention. So at its core, retention is pretty simple. It's about having processes that allow you to create a connection with the people who come to your practice or in your community, and then growing the depth of that connection over time. And it's about, from a communication perspective, communicating value, uh, but in particular, individualized value, so that they are getting more than they pay for, both in terms of money, but more critically in many ways, time, energy, emotional resources. So uh, Visma and I come at it from different but very complementary perspectives and I'm super excited about the workshop that we've put together. Um, early bird pricing is up, it's a limited numbers. Uh, check it out, the link's in the show notes. So segueing rather clumsily from that, please welcome to Under the Influence, Dr. Damien, Damien Christoph. Welcome to Under the Influence, great to see you. Oh, wow, we Martin. Thank you. Great to see you too. And thanks so much for having me on here. I have waited. I told you this, you know, before we started recording, I've been waiting since June 21 to get on here. And there'll be people going, far out. Damo's finally made it. He's finally made oh, yeah. it to the big time. So, but I said to you, I am legitimate about this. I am nervous to be on here with you. Um, you know, when you talk about influence, you've been a big influence in my life. So I appreciate all that you've done and all that you do. And I'm wrapped that you've got me on here. So thank you. No, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I've got a, it's sort of like this uh, mutual trepidation because part of the reason that I decided to have a podcast, like I've thought about it for years and years and years, but people, many people within Australia particularly will know that you are kind of one of the original chiropractic podcasters with um, the wellness guys. When did the wellness guys start? <laughs> we kicked off in 2010. So that was 13 okay. years ago. So um, it's sort of the the pod the uh, 
iPod came out and then the next day you guys started recording <laughs> podcast is pretty much yeah. the sequence of events. Is that what, yeah. that's what I'm hearing? Pretty much. It was really easy to hit number one in those days because there was no other podcast around. So we were number one in the podcast health and wellness space for, I don't know, probably the first three years of our podcast, which gave us great exposure. And yeah. um, and, and, and we loved it. Like it was such a great thing. Lawrence and Brett and I, we just, you know, get together on a Sunday night, usually late once our wives had gone to bed and we would just sit there and record. It was a whole lot of fun. And we did that for 380 something episodes. I think Brett, Brett actually still keeps it going doing yeah. this week in wellness, just little summaries, little five minute grabs of, you know, health and wellness tips, but that was a great time, like really good time, actually. Yeah. So look, I've, I've managed to this. I think this is going to be episode eighty-two or eighty-three. So I feel like I've finally got good enough at not screwing up the recording and aren't remembering what all my questions are that I can step up to uh, go to speak to the Godfather of um, chiropractic podcasting in Australia and arguably around the world, Damien Christoph. So Damien, by way of uh, getting everybody to know you out in uh, the, the world of under the influence. What sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days? Oh, Martin, I, I actually have two different types of coffee. Um, and this might surprise some people, but I'm a bit indecisive and it depends on the weather. So I love just the standard latte, cow's milk, like just as, as it goes, standard latte. Boring for a lot of people, and particularly you, who's a coffee connoisseur, and you look at me and go, Damo, I can't believe you're still drinking lattes. But the other no, thing no, that I, I loved, I respect that. I respect the latte because I sort of look at it, and the part of the reason that it is the default and the standard is that it's just pretty bloody good. Like it's just, <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, yeah, it tastes good. So anyway, and then the old, we've got a bit of mystery now. Yeah, the cold drip. I make a little cold drip at home. So I get my beans. Um, I hand grind them like this little hand grinder thing that I got. Um, from one of my uh, practice members who is one of the roasters at Axel Coffee. And so he oh, then gives me, not gives me, but we, I, I buy from him um, Axel Coffee Beans. And so then I like grind them up and then make a cold drip coffee out of that. And yeah. it's it's my favourite. I keep that in the fridge, have that for one or two days and then make another one. And then uh, when I'm feeling a bit lazy, I'll go and get a latte. Um, yeah, but yeah, nice. it, when it's summertime, I just love having a cold drip. It's terrific. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because while I'm a big fan of the piccolo, I've been doing, I've been much more observant on my intermittent fasting for the last couple of months, which means kind of zero calories in until you get to the, you know, the eating window kicks off, which means yeah. I'm typically not available for a piccolo until quite late in the, in that, well, quite early in that window, quite late in the day. So I've just had my first piccolo of the day before jumping on to the call with you and where what are we here quarter to two in the afternoon, but um, I've been doing looking, the, man. yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Very svelte there, <laughs> but I'm doing the ice long black lately. I, I do have the setup for the cold drip, but it just, it's a lot more uh, palaver, but I'm, I uh, encourage you to try the ice long black as well. If you, you're looking for another alternative, but um, yes. Yeah. That, and the, the Axel beans are mighty fine Melbourne based bean. So I'm oh, good. They are. So, Nat, you are one of these people with many plates spinning, many different things that you're doing. Um, perhaps we can talk a little bit about that, but perhaps the overarching thing is what's the influence that you are trying to have? It's interesting, Martin, because I reflected on that quite a lot. Uh, one of the things I do every year as the year starts off is journal and goal, I set 100 goals. 
Um, and I learned that principle through Simon Floriani, actually, when I first started working back in Melbourne after leaving New Zealand, finishing up in New Zealand, he said that I should, you know, write a hundred goals and then go back and revisit it. And so it's a practice that I've continued um, over the last 15 or so years. We, and, and I love it. And it's really good. And when I reflected on that, my overarching kind of vision for people was to help them access and be as healthy as they possibly could be. And, and I, you know, saw my role in that um, from a food and nutrition perspective. And of course I've done seminars around Australia and the world on food and nutrition. I had the TV show in New Zealand talking on food and nutrition um, and all of these sorts of things. And now I kind of see my role as almost being an intermediary, you know, in that space as a chiropractor, um, helping to ensure that my community is subluxation free uh, yeah. to then enable them to make better decisions around their food and nutrition. Someone else can take that job. I don't want that job anymore. Um, so do the nutrition with someone who wants to spend you know, sit down and go through all of that. That's not what I want to do, but I kind of want to guide people into that space, um, but through chiropractic. And, and that's become increasingly more important to me. That, and, and since finishing up with the Muesli brand Forage, since, um, you know, kind of diverting my attention away from running seminars and speaking on food and nutrition, and, and there's some great themes in that food and nutrition information, but since moving away from that, when I was doing that two or three times a week around Australia, um, and really focusing my attention on, you know, the adjustment and the detection of the subluxation, the correction of that, and then taking care of people through chiropractic. Um, I, I really feel like my influence these days is helping people make better decisions about their choices in healthcare. Um, yeah. Not just, not just, you know, from a chiro perspective, and not only in a chiropractic perspective, but certainly not limited to food um, and it's and it feels more powerful to be honest with you mate it's it's more yeah. specific and 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 i think i'm clearer in my messaging as a result of that so yeah, it's interesting so if we can unpack that a little bit to give a bit of background i'm sure lots of people know it but you started off as a naturopath and then had a big media profile as a naturopath and then uh, trained as a chiropractor, which we can probably get back into when we're talking about what influenced you along the path. Yeah. And then you've been um, very prominent in terms of public outreach, both you had a podcast um, that we spoke about earlier, plus speaking all over the place, both um, for uh, lay audiences, but also professionally through metagenics. And there's been a whole lot of different platforms, but I guess you've sort of come in from two different angles you come in through, through that food and nutrition and then also then your chiropractic training and success in chiropractic practice and then I guess sort of been trying to balance the two of them is that kind of where you you've been yeah yeah absolutely um, and and it's interesting because I started off uh, studying accounting you know like I studied accounting at Deakin University and and you know, when you try to fit a square pig into a round hole, that's what I was. I was this square pig trying to get into this round hole, thinking that I needed to be studying commerce because everybody else was, and that I was going to be an accountant. And, and, and nothing against accountants. I just don't think I was ever going to be a good accountant, um, whether it's personality or whether it's, um, you know, ADD or whatever it is. I just can't sit still to be able to just yeah. do numbers, debits and credits. So moving on from that and eventually finding nutrition and naturopathy and 
Um, and, and that was a great lifesaver for me, like to yeah. move into that space and learn how powerful food and nutrition actually is. And then using nutrition in a way that was naturopathic in its approach, which is very different to naturopathy these days. Naturop naturopathy these days is very prescription heavy. Like it's very supplement yeah. heavy. Whereas in the old days when I was doing naturopathy back in, you know, the kind of 94, 93, you know, 95, that sort of area era, it was all food and maybe yeah. some herbs. And so it's really different now than what it was back then. But that helped me see, I suppose, health through a different lens. And then got I got introduced to some really unbelievable people during that time, which probably helped guide me it would not help guide me absolutely guided me to where i am today um in yeah. setting a foundation around principles of what health really is not so much about how i would apply naturopathy but how i would apply um information with regards to health around a particular philosophy which is in you know it's essentially a chiropractic philosophy but tell us it's, that's probably a useful segue to sort of go what influenced you to to get involved in chiropractic so it might even be worthwhile going back like what influenced you to go from being an accountant to becoming um, a naturopath and then how did you go from being a, a naturopath to a chiropractor that seems like not the most linear pathway I can't <laughs> see you sitting down with a guidance counselor and going what I'm planning <laughs> on doing is uh, being a little bit of accountancy so I've got a little bit of business grounding then I'm going to become a naturopath so I understand the power of food but then I'm going to elevate it another level and <laughs> this tell us what's the journey here it's it's interesting isn't it so you know it, in life like every now and then you are given opportunities to help somebody yeah. when i was about seven maybe six years old my mum was holding me upside down by my legs and my dad was tickling me and i kicked my mum in the nose and she dropped me on my head and so then I was stuck, you know, kind of like this in torticollis and mum took me to her cousin who was a chiropractor and he's a chiropractor. Um, he's no, he's no longer practicing um, anymore. Chris Kennedy and Chris was out in Berwick and Chris um, actually might've been in um, Glen Waverley at the time, but he eventually finished up in Berwick and Chris gave me an adjustment and said, there you go, Damien, you'll be right. Um, off you go. And so at, at that young age, I had exposure to chiropractic, but from then on, my only exposure to chiropractic was only when there was pain. Like it was, it was pain-based chiropractic. Um, and generally I, I would go to see Chris and I'd get an adjustment or mum would get adjusted because she had a back pain or whatever. And so that was my exposure to chiropractic. Then when I studied um, commerce, I was working at Maya and I was working in the logistics area for Maya, moving 68 centimeter televisions around. And these are big Sony Trinitron things, and they all weighed about 40 or 50 kilos. But, and back then, there's no yeah, such we've thing got as a, we do have a We do have a young audience here, Damo. <laughs> these so are televisions. People, people are picturing a 68 centimeter television that you'd go down to the good guys and get that you could blow away if you left the window open. Whereas the, <laughs> no, the 68, these no. were the ones with the big. Cathode, cathode ray tube on the back that um yeah, yeah. heavy and there's heavy. no workplace health and safety back then right so we didn't have you know things to look after your back there's nothing to lift tvs up high and so i literally would like have to hoik a 68 centimeter tv up and then over my head and then i have to jump with the tv over the top of my head up and then throw it up and so we're like stacking 68 centimeter tv six high 
And then I have yeah. to get it down. So I have to like jump up and grab it and then jump up and it would fall down and I'd grab it and then bring it down. And eventually I had a sore back. So <laughs> I then went and saw a chiropractor in Pioneer Road in Grovedale. Uh, when I was working in, uh, but it wasn't Caitlin and Andrew because I don't think they had even graduated at that point in time. Um, big shout out to them. And um, and so then I don't, actually don't even recall the guy other than I think his name was Lawrence, I think. Um, yep. And maybe maybe Lawrence is still around. I don't know. Um, but his wife was the reception you know, CA. And, um, and I think what he was practicing was probably Thompson technique, to be honest with you, thinking about the type of table he had and then the adjustments he gave me. But again, I went there for pain and I think he tried to give me the message of chiropractic. But at that point in time, on OS study, $146 a fortnight, I wasn't really thinking about how am I, you know, going to get my back right for my life. I just wanted to get out of pain so I could keep on working, you know. And uh, and so that was another opportunity to get exposed to chiropractic. And I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get the message. Yeah. Anyway, I got really sick, got crook, um, chronic fatigue syndrome. Mum said, Damien, enough's enough. Come and see a naturopath. Went and saw a naturopath who was just around the corner in Brighton. And, uh, and David Fitz was his name. He said, Damien, your diet's terribly fixed up my diet. And I was kind of awakened to the impact and the power of food. I thought, wow, that's unbelievable. So after four years of doing that, I, I was working at Megamart, which is a, a store that Maya used to have selling electrical goods, right? And I was in the, in the Bose sound area, nailing it like selling bows. And this lady came up to me. She said, can you help me with the sound system? I said, sure. She says, what do you do with yourself? I said, I'm studying to be a naturopath. She goes, oh, I'm a pharmacist. I need a naturopath to come and work in my pharmacy. I said, oh, that's interesting. So anyway, then I started doing um, like traveling around naturopathy in 16 different pharmacies around Melbourne. And I was flogging nutrients, right? And I was burning through more petrol than I was making um, in terms of dollars. And, uh, you know, and so I, that didn't last long. But I eventually said to this lady, Karen, I said, I just want to work in one spot. She goes, I've got a full-time job for you if you want to come to Trelgan. I go, all right, no worries. So I end up working down in Trelgan. And um, so for those of you not in Victoria, Trelgan's like probably two hours, two and a half hours from Melbourne in Victoria in Gippsland, which is sort of a coastal slash kind of blue collar part of the state. Is that a fair way? Yeah. It's sort of farming. Like paper mills of- and... Yeah. yeah, farming, paper mills, mining, you know, coal yeah. mines and the coals, big coal seam and gas and all that sort of stuff that they were doing. And I'd forgotten all about that. I was thought, oh, Terrellgan, how pretty, beautiful. Yeah, that sounds really nice, Gippsland. Oh, so, you know, halfway to Lakes Entrance. And I'd like romantic memories of Lakes Entrance because we used to go there for our September holidays. I was like, oh, yeah. And then my Uncle Jim used to own the, um, he used to own the, Mitre 10 in, in Tarelgan. I thought, oh, if Uncle Jim can make it, I can make it. So I went down to Tarelgan and then I had this like crazy shock because it's not this, it's not like the Yarra Valley, which is beautiful. It's the it's a different yeah. valley that's the Latrobe Valley, which is just it just wasn't much fun. So um then my partner at the time, Michelle, fell pregnant um with with jackson and jackson was on his way and he got born and i was like oh this is crazy i don't want to be here anymore and i was struggling with my patients not doing the things that they kind of needed to do um and i moved i'd moved on from that pharmacy and started working with gary and di coleman 
And, um, and I was renting, you know, some space from them. And one day I sat down with Di and I'm crying my eyes out. I'm like, Di, got a newborn baby. I'm barely making ends meet as a naturopath. I don't want to work in a pharmacy anymore. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. My patients don't want to do what I ask them to do. They just want to take supplements. I don't want to sell supplements. I want them to eat food. And she goes, why don't you become a chiropractor? And I said, do you reckon I'm smart enough? And she goes, yeah, I reckon you're smart enough. So we, um, we called up Nolene Anderson. And yeah. so Nolene Anderson, who was the, you know, I suppose, in charge, admissions. she was the gatekeeper. Yeah. She was a admissions yeah. officer at RMIT at the time. And Nolene said, oh, application's closed today. I'm sorry, can't help you out. I said, well, what if we get the application to you? She goes, we've got like three hours before the day's over. She goes, we'll courier it down. So we filled out the application, got a passport photo, the whole lot. We couriered the application down to RMIT, paid the application fee. It arrived um, to Nolene by 5.30, I don't know, let's say 5.39 for the sake of the story. And it got there. And um, Nolene sent a message saying, got the application, thanks, well done. So then I waited, then I got a, an interview because it was back in the days when you had an interview to get into RMIT and Di's going, you've got an interview and it's going to be great. You're going to get in. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going, Di, geez, I hope so. Um, and my interview was with Tony Rose. And yeah. uh, <laughs> could you believe that? So big tone um, who I'd met, um, he'd done a locum for Di and Gary and he said, Damo, we'll get you in. You, you know, you'll be a great chiropractor. You're in. And I'm like, all right, that's great. So I sold my practice. And without even having a place, sold my practice. And then the um, offers come out and I'm there with Nicole. Um, what's Nicole's surname now? Um, she works with Caitlin and Andrew. I'm not sure Nicole's surname now, but I was there with Nicole McFarlane at the time and, and I didn't get an offer. I didn't get, I didn't get a spot. I, I wasn't accepted into RMIT and I'd sold my practice. And I was moving back to Middle Park, uh, Mill Park, got a little house, rented a little house in Melrose place in mill park and there's, <laughs> and there's no, and i didn't get a place at rmit so nicole goes damo um i'm going to call the head of the school philip Everill. so she calls up philip Everill and goes hi philip it's nicole mcfarlane um and i'm here with damien christoph and he applied to get in but he didn't get a place so we don't understand why and he sold his practice and he needs to get in and so philip says oh let me speak to damien i speak to philip he goes oh, damien we haven't got your application here I said, what do you mean? I said, I did the interview with Tony Rose. And he said, I was going to get it. I was going to get in. He goes, well, he shouldn't have said that. And I said, well, you know, I've sold my practice and now I've already leased a place. He goes, hang on a second. So he goes away and he comes back maybe a few minutes later. And he says, I can't find your application, but I can see you've had an interview and that you should have probably been given an offer, but we haven't got your application form here. What I can do is offer you a full fee paying Australian place. And I said, what does that mean? He said, it'll cost you 27,000 bucks a year. I, and like, I'm going, oh, okay, all right, I'm in. Boots and all. Like, so charged up my credit card, filled up my credit card with $27,000, which capped it out. And um, I went down so to Just Melbourne. by way of context for people who aren't in Australia, most places are what are called Commonwealth supported places, which basically means that you get you know, more or less a, a CPI interest-only loan to pay your places and the, the fees are capped at a much lower level. So that is, was probably at the time play, paying double the odds and having to pay it up front rather than getting to pay it just 
you know, gradually over the years when your income got to a point that it was pretty manageable to pay. So, yeah, a pretty major hurdle to undertake. Yeah, yeah. And because I was never going to pay that off in the first month, it was at an interest rate of like 20-something percent. So like, it, was like, it was like so hard to pay that off. Anyway, um, relationship breaks down. Things aren't going really well. Um, Jackson's tiny and um, I get it. I get a, a muck around adjustment from a mate of mine. I won't name him um, in about the third or fourth week of Cairo school. And I did, and I have a rib dislocation, not just a rib subluxation, rib dislocation. Oh. And that day, the, the day of that um, event taking place, there was a professional development seminar that, uh, Philip Eberle had run and Brian Kelly had come to be the speaker and Brian Kelly said, I'm, you know, I'm running a, an event this weekend. Um, John Diamartini is coming to speak. Um, I've got a couple of tickets to give away uh, for the first two or three people that call up my practice on, you know, www. just gave the number and I dialed the number in my phone sitting at the back of the, of the lecture theater. And I called up and I speak to Tony Oppenlander, who was the, she was the CA at the time. I said, hi, Tony, my name is Damien Christoph. Um, Brian's in the lecture hall at the moment telling us that if we call you, we can get a free ticket to John Martini. Can I have one, please? And she goes, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I will take your name and details. And so the seminar ends or Brian's presentation ends and he goes, so who's got a ticket? And I put my hand up. He goes, how'd you get a ticket? I said, I just called your practice just then. And he said, no way. And I said, yeah. And he goes, that's fantastic. That's good. And Philip says, I reckon anybody who can afford a mobile phone shouldn't get a free ticket. Give your ticket to someone <laughs> else, right? <laughs> I said, mate, fortune favors the brave, I said to Philip. And um, everyone had a bit of a chuckle. I, I went along to the seminar. That night had this rib dislocation. And I go and meet Brian. But first of all, I meet Tony. And Tony says, oh, Damien, you know, great to meet you. I said, thanks so much for this, Tony. She goes, you all right? I said, no, I'm in a fair bit of pain. She said, why? And I said, oh, I think I've got a dislocated rib. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. So she goes, come over and meet Brian. So I go over and meet Brian. Brian goes, hey, Damo. I go, hi, thanks for the tickets. Also, he goes, you look like you're in pain. I said, I've got a dislocated rib, I think. And he goes, how do you know? And I said, feel this. And he touches the front of my chest and like there's this rib sticking out through the front. And he goes, yeah, I think you do too. And he said, I'll see you on Monday morning. Anyway, I go in and see Brian. He takes some x-rays, full chiropractic experience. It was like, it was a great experience. So I'd had, I'd had an unbelievable experience being taken care of by Gary Coleman in Sherogan and then Nicole McFarlane. And then I get introduced to Brian Kelly and all of a sudden like chiropractic opens up and he says to me, Damo, there's no charge for today on one, you know, one provisor. And that is that your partner, Michelle and Jackson, your son come in to see me as well. And there's no charge for them for as long as you're a student. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And I was like, and still that brings, like, it makes me emotional, like thinking of that, because yeah. that was my first introduction to the generosity of chiropractic and chiropractors and how loving and caring and giving chiropractors are. And Brian did that. And so I had a massive man crush on Brian Kelly, like for ages. And then Brian said to me, Damo, I'm, I'm selling my practice. Um, and, and I met a whole bunch of chiropractors in that process. I met Warren Sipsa. I met Simon Kelly, um, you know, I met Angus and uh, Chris Long and 
um, Mark Pierce and Gills and a whole bunch of Kairos in around that time. Um, Tony Croak, you know, it's, it's just all the all the guys that you and I probably talk yeah. to still now, you know, and and uh, and that was a really you know pivotal time in my life. And Brian said, "I'm going over to look after the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. You should come." And I said, "You're kidding me." And he goes, "No." Nah. So I speak to Michelle. I said, want to go to New Zealand? She goes, yeah, let's go to New Zealand. Anyway, our relationship was on the rocks. We, we didn't go to New Zealand together. We ended up breaking up and, um, and, and I went to New Zealand. So I went yeah. to New Zealand and left Jackson here in Melbourne um, with his mum, with Michelle. And she did such an amazing job looking after Jackson and taking care of him. And, um, and you know, during, during that sort of transition time, I, you know, I was living with Jane Spencer Yep. Um, who's now Jane Hardy, great chiropractor. Um, Natisse Novella Nui, who's now yep. Natisse Skulkin, um, granddaughter of Lisa Clark. Oh, Lois yeah. Clark. Sorry? Lo- Lois. Granddaughter Lois. of Lois, yes. Daughter, yes. Of, da- daughter of Lisa and granddaughter of Lois, sorry. And so, like, I'm being introduced to all these incredible chiropractors. And, uh, and then I move over to New Zealand. And, uh, and have an unbelievable experience in chiropractic, studying chiropractic at the New Zealand College of Chiropractic and, uh, and, and then land a TV gig to pay my way through school. Because, of course, I've left a full fee-paying Australian course to go to New Zealand, which is a full fee-paying course, except the difference was that I went to New Zealand and I had no job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no money, like $15,000, I think, is all I had. And then I had to put on my credit card, my fees for New Zealand. And so I repeated that same thing. And so four more years in New Zealand, um, but did a TV show while I was over there and, and that paid my way, but kind of got me going. That's, wow. And that's kind of how I got into chiropractic was through Diane Gary initially. So thank God for Diane Gary and all of the great work that they did. But, um, you know, and in between the interspersed in all of that, I could tell you stories about some of the great people. Like I had this great, <laughs> I don't know if it's great, but I had this experience at DG, Martin, you'll love this. Um, I was up in Queensland at DG. It's one of the, the last DGs and I'm in the men's urinal. I'm having a wee and in comes, in comes John Inwood. And John hmm. goes, oh, Damien, hello, darling. And he plants a kiss on my lips while I'm having a wee. And, uh, and I said, John, what are you doing? He goes, oh, it's just great to see you. I said, I'm having a wee. And he goes, yeah, great. Expect a miracle. <laughs> like, anyway, so then I was like, okay, you know, gee, I love that bloke. He's unreal. And so um, I got out and, and it was those sorts of, you know, no barrier types of communications yeah. that you have with chiropractors that only chiropractors will understand. But I, uh, that was that was something I'll never ever forget. That John he was, leans in while I'm having a wee to give me a kiss. It was hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. John Hinwood's inappropriate kisses are sort of like a rite of passage in uh, chiropractic uh, in Australia. I think for years and years. So yeah. what a journey! What a journey! And then, but then the thing that part of the reason that I wanted to have you on here was to you know that I think you've gone on an amazing journey. But also then you come to Australia and then just your willingness and ability to get stuff happening i think is there's a lot of chiropractors who just don't have that they they sort of sit waiting i guess passively for things and just by way of background of people who don't know you've got a thriving practice in melbourne you're on the board of the australian chiropractors association you've got a media profile here where you're regularly on one of the 
um, big FM radio stations. You're regularly speaking to large groups, both you know, in Melbourne and around Australia. So tell us, what? how do you get all this stuff happening? I don't know if you're just in the right spot, but, you know, like I said before, um, every now and then you get these opportunities and I've always been a yes man. So if somebody says, do you want to, I'm like, yes. And then I ask them, what are the details? So when I first moved back to Australia um, and I started working, I was, I started working with Simon and Jen and I had a really nice experience in the early part of, you know, that experience. And I, and I loved it. And I got to meet lots of different people. Um, and that's probably, you know, where Martin, you and I had an opportunity to kind of meet and spend some time with each other. We're just around the corner from each other, which was really good. And I knew you through the DG circles um, and the Spinal Research Foundation circles. And what I didn't say, and I really need to say this, is that while I was away in New Zealand, I would come back to Australia to practice naturopathy. And, and I practiced naturopathy in the back room of Dave Cahill's practice in, in East Malvern. And if it wasn't for Dave doing that and being so generous to give me that space, I would have lost my house. I would have lost relationships. I wouldn't have been able to get back to see Jackson. So I have a massive debt of gratitude to Dave Kale for helping me um, stay afloat. And, and it was through him that I was able to, you know, I was able to keep on going and, and, and do that. And so I worked in Dave's practice for a couple of years um, doing naturopathy, traveling backwards and forwards and, you know, trying to keep things going and the bills paid and food on the table for Jack and all that sort of stuff. So that was, that was a very, you know, stressful time. So huge debt of gratitude to Dave. And, you know, and then I actually thought I was coming back to Australia and I was going to end up working with Dave, but uh, yeah. he ended up giving the job to Sarah Rossi. So Sarah Rossi <laughs> got my job, right? So Rossi <laughs> got my job and I was like, what? Can't believe it, Ross. Anyway, she got the job way probably better suited to the job than me um and she got the job and i went and worked with simon and jen and i met a couple of people in that space and i was manufacturing a muesli at that time just in you know i go down to reader's nuts at south melbourne market and i buy all of the bits and pieces from reader's nuts mix it all up and then i'd sell it for the amount that i'd actually bought it for and people go this is unbelievable and one guy said to me we should turn this into a product long story short i went into a business venture that didn't go very well and i ended up coming out of that feeling very very fatigued and very emotional and i actually left chiropractic martin so yeah. i left chiropractic after three and a bit years of being a chiropractor and i wasn't going to be a chiropractor again like i was done i've had enough and Michelle Ronan said to me, Damo, don't be ridiculous. This is crazy. You've got to be a chiropractor. I said, I can't, Mish. Like, I'm done. And she goes, Michael Bloom's selling his practice down in Sandringham. Why don't you go down and speak to Michael? So I call up Michael. I go, Bloomy, what's going on? He said, I'm selling my practice, Damo. I'm moving to London. I go, that's unbelievable. What are you doing over there? He goes, I'm going to go work with Craig. I said, that's cool. Good on you. So... I bought his practice and then at the same time I started another muesli company. And so, and then I started the podcast, um, the wellness guys, and I had these three big things going on. And the way in which I, I saw the muesli going really well was to sell that through chiropractors offices yeah. uh, because they could then help their patients start their day better subluxation through food, through eating great food and being adjusted. So I was like, remove the chemical toxicity from breakfast and have a great breakfast um, so that you're decreasing the load of chemical influence over subluxation and you'll, and you'll be better. 
And so that took me around Australia for about eight years, nine years, almost every single week doing a presentation, a seminar on the power of food or cracking your stress code or gut first or whatever else I was doing. And, and because I said yes to everything and Amber, my wife now, who has been the most incredible support person, just enabled me to do that. And then massive support through the chiropractic community to get me to different places in Perth or Adelaide or Queensland or Sydney or in Melbourne, South Melbourne, wherever I was running these seminars, Power of Food, Cracker Stress Code and all that sort of stuff. And then I got the muesli out there, but then paleo became popular and it was really hard to flog a muesli when paleo became popular (laughs) because all of a sudden grains were going to kill you. And so I, uh, it was really big. It was a struggle. So until 2019, I then I closed down uh, forage. I, I stopped that. And, uh, and decided to really focus just on chiropractic. Um, and then that's really what I've done. So look, if I was to kind of look at it from the perspective of my audience who are wanting to do more and make more of an impact, kind of the lesson that I'm taking from what you've said is just kind of do shit, like get stuff happening and say yes. Is that where your sort of take home? It seems like your modus operandi is to just go, I'm just going to get passionate about things and I'm going to say yes and good yeah. things are going to happen. You don't haven't mapped out a 20-year master plan of this is how I'm going to go. I'm just going to be passionate, involved and say yes at helping people and then that's what's going to create activity. Is that an accurate way of looking at it? Yeah, it is, Martin. And I think, um, I think when you've got heaps of energy, you want to work really hard. And the reason why I say that is because every decade it gets a little bit tougher, you know, like you, 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 your mindset shifts, your wisdom kind of takes over from your enthusiasm. And there's a whole lot of stuff that that's different, you know, at 50 where I, I'm at now to where I was when I was 20, um, 30 years ago. And not that I'm tired because I'm not, it's just that I have different motivations in terms of yeah. how I want to communicate and what I want to do. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't, I don't want to be on a plane 60 times a year. Like I just don't want to take yeah. 60 flights anymore. It's just, or drive thousands of kilometers. So it's, I just, I don't want to do that now, but what I'm, what I see, and, and I hope this reaches, you know, the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of ears that you've got listening to this at the moment is what I see is that lots of junior chiropractors don't want to work hard. And what you have to do to get ahead is work hard. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got to work 40 hours adjusting, although that wouldn't be a bad thing if you're starting out. Um, But you've actually got to do stuff. Like you can't just be on social media and put some videos up of you cracking someone's neck and think that that's going to actually drive business. It's not. You've actually got to be in your community and you've got to be out there communicating and you've got to be sharing a message of health and well-being that's removed from the crack because that's, I mean, that's something and it's kind of exciting for someone who's untrained, but it doesn't do the profession any benefit and it doesn't do your practice any benefit to help drive sustainability and long-term growth and a strong and robust profession. So yeah. my appeal here upon my reflection is that you get out there and you work really hard about building relationships in your community um, that sees you working at least 40 hours a week and not nearly 40. It's at least 40. 
you're only adjusting most of the time 25 hours a week so get out there and spend another 15 hours a week trying to build the you know the message and share the message and and that's really all i did martin was just get out there and spread the message and i just found ways to spread the message you know triple m what a great opportunity uh, I'm on the ACE radio network every Friday. I'm on seven different radio stations on one, you know, recording. I'm on eight other radio stations on the next recording on a Friday morning. And I'm just hitting the ground and I'm always trying to just spread a message of health and well-being. And it's the things that we know as chiropractors from a philosophy perspective, from a health perspective that most people don't get. So we can share all that stuff. We're all smart enough. We've just got to put ourselves into situations and positions that, enable us to be able to share that message but it doesn't get done through tiktok doesn't get done through instagram sharing photos of stuff and videos of stuff but that's not gonna that's not gonna guarantee you success you've got to get out there and do the work yeah yeah and i think it is that element of where the ease of it's so easy to just kind of get onto those social media platforms and posts it's a very noisy environment where Mm. You know, you can make more of an impact. It's not that they don't have value in terms of a kind of a full palette of outreach, but realistically, the things that are uncomfortable for people to do, like getting out and meeting people and getting out and speaking in front of groups and those sort of things, that's where you're going to have more of an impact because it's uncomfortable unless people are going to be willing to just make the leap. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Go on. Well, I was, what I was going to say is that that's part of a marketing component, right? So it's marketing, but marketing, as you know, because you are such an incredible marketer, marketing has so many different arms to it. So the video component of marketing, yep, no worries. But without context and without communication, it's just a crack. Yeah. So without actually sharing what that actually is and what the intention is, without making claims and without um, having testimonials, like that, it becomes really loose. Like it becomes almost like a gray area. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, I'll just call it as it is. I reckon it's grubby marketing. So my preference would be that we're out into the community and we're explaining exactly what chiropractic does rather than trying to hit the masses just with something that's, let's say there for shock factor. Yeah. Um, it'd be much better to get out to the community and, and share your message. People want to hear it. Like there's, there's tens of thousands of people in your community that want to hear your message. And you just got to yeah. give them the opportunity to hear it. So along the journey, who or what would you have said have been your major chiropractic influences? Well, there's no doubt that Brian Kelly was a significant yeah. influence and continues to be a significant influence. And then, of course, you know, uh, Vicky Kelly, in terms of communication, she really helped me with words. Um, listening to you and sitting with you and Nick, like, you know, having those dinners that we've had through the years, like that's been hugely um, inspirational for me and helped me stay on track. So thank you, Martin, so much. Okay. Um, all of our little S4 Cairo group, you know, each of those people in that little group that we've got that's, you know, that we have as a chat, um, and I won't reveal them because it's a secret group, um, but, you know, <laughs> we have this little group where we chat and each of those chiropractors has been influential with me. Having my time on the board, and I've been on the board of the ACA now for is it four and a bit years, maybe, maybe yes. four years, maybe it's three years and a bit. I don't know, but I'm going to be there for at least five, um, maybe eight. Who knows? I might get my whole term. Having shared a lot of time with Anthony Coxon, it's been unreal, especially Dave Cahill, unbelievable. Um, Simon Kelly, I worked with Sherry Brady for a yeah. number of years, working in the back room of her practice when I first started in New Zealand. And, you know, learning 
the Thompson technique and seeing how she communicated and enthusiasm and excitement around delivering a chiropractic adjustment with the Thompson technique was unbelievable for me. So um, that's been incredible. And then, you know, some of my great mates in chiropractic that I've, you know, stayed really close to particularly Marcus Yo and uh, Daniel Malone and, the, you know, and then also Harley Rushton and Ben Bruce. So these guys have been kind of, my pillars, you know, when things have gotten tough, I've been able to reach out to them and go, Hey guys, things are tough. You know, what do I do? Um, and we just kind of hold each other up and pull each other, you know, back into line and help, help each yeah. other, you know, stay accountable. So they've been my big ones, but for, you know, if we talk about big, big personalities, the people that really influenced me were people like John Martini, um, Jim Sigafoos. Um, I loved what it was a, an event that I went to was Charlie Ward. And, you know, that was really unbelievably good um yeah i mean some of the guys from america that i you know that i had the opportunity to, to watch um you know you, you can't you can't you can't beat the seminar experience and uh, and i look forward to when we have you know more of these seminars and going to the innate summit and those sorts of things are, are so good and the annual conference and all those sorts of things that we have like to have numbers at those events help has helped me be the chiropractor that I am today because of conversations. Um, but yeah, those big names for sure. Awesome. And so outside of that, any other major life influences that have you feel have been uh, impactful in where you are and what you are? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think having chronic fatigue syndrome kind of, you know, pointed me in the right direction, which is, a, you know, interesting <laughs> way to look at it. So you can either have chronic fatigue syndrome and stay in that, for the whole of your life um, or you can have chronic fatigue syndrome and you know really work hard to get out of that um, so you know my grandfather you know he'll be 103 now he died a couple of years ago uh, he was a, a significant influence on me because I learned how to be a gentleman um, and I learned how to work hard and so that kind of came through from my mum which I loved and um, and that was really good and then the woman that I married Amber she's such a hard worker and she's so smart um, I watched that work ethic. And so developing and retaining and working with someone with a work ethic has been incredible for me and really helped me be um, the chiropractor that I am today um, and the hard worker that I, you know, continue to want to be. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't play golf because I still play golf, but I still do work really hard. Um, they've probably been my, my main influencers. Um, and in terms of influencers, um, I think you know, looking around and seeing what's happened over the last couple of years in Victoria, um, in particular, in around the space of lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. And I don't want to mention that C word, but seeing that people need to know more about their health and gain back health autonomy and health literacy um, has meant that I felt more passionate about helping people um, understand what their body's capable of doing. And so I never want to see that situation occur again. And so I think that as more people learn more, um, we'll, they'll be better equipped to be able to make better decisions. It's awesome. So thanks, mate, for being on the podcast. And I want to acknowledge you for the your willingness to you know make things happen, to just to to not just think of ideas, but to actually get them implemented and to have it all in a context of looking to help people and that sort of servant leadership that you epitomize. I 
really appreciate and the, the impact that it has both on the profession, but also on our community. You're willing to work across all those different domains as hard as you do. I really appreciate and admire. So thanks for that, mate. And thanks for sharing your story with the uh, podcast podcast audience. Thanks so much, Martin. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. And I, I think I spoke too much, but I hope that uh, people <laughs> like the content and it inspires them. So thanks, mate. Thanks, if you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content, which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.